Hello and welcome to Two Peds in a Pod, the medical education podcast from the Children's Emergency Department here in Derby. Um, and I'm very pleased to be joined once again by one of my colleagues, Dr Julie Mott. Good afternoon, Julie. Good afternoon, Ian. And last time we spoke a bit about physical abuse as one of the sort of the, the areas of child abuse that, 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 that we sort of see. And we thought we'd move on this time and talk a bit about neglect. Neglect, yes. Okay. So to me, neglect is a grubby child covered in dirt Full of head lice. <laughs> I think we all have that image of that person. But is, is there a sort of an actual definition of neglect? So neglect is the persistent failure to provide a child's basic needs. And that might be physical needs, so providing food, clean clothes, yeah. um, a clean environment, providing a safe environment, or even providing love um, mm. and security. And that's the, the key persistent persistent yes everyone's allowed to their washing machine to break and turn up school in dirty clothes once but it's a persistent failure and i guess the challenge for us really in in ed is how do we know it's persistent Mm -hmm. so what are sort of the mechanisms that you'd recommend or mechanisms that we have in place to try and pick those kids up So I think if we have any concerns about how a child is presenting to us, like I said, it may just be a one-off, but that's when we use our colleagues in primary care, for example, school nurses, uh, health visitors, so that they can gather more information about whether this is a persistent issue with these children. And, of course, we've we've potentially got alerts on our various systems that that people would use. So if you say so, somebody you thought, you seem a bit grubby bit dirty is that something that you'd recommend you address so so they come in with fell over and bang the head and they're absolutely fine but they seem a bit grubby a bit unkempt is that something that we should sort of say to folks or where's the threshold kind of sit i think it's always good practice to speak to parents Mm. about about any concerns because there may be a completely um, adequate explanation Mm. for why their child is presenting like this at this particular time or for example if there's lots of children they all appear um, mm. a bit grubby say to my mum what's going on you appear to be struggling what how can we how can we help you yeah and i think yeah it's phrasing isn't it yeah. your kids smell <laughs> doesn't go down very well no. maybe how can we help mm. yes. um and w- would you is it then a sort of okay mum says well you know or dad says washing machine's broken down we're getting it fixed blah 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 the council are sorting it out whatever um he said stereotyping um and they come back again i mean is it something that you'd put an uh, would you put an alert on the system say looked a bit unkempt or would you just sort of document maybe something I'd, in the notes i'd probably so, just document in the in the notes and say we'd discuss with parents yeah. and um and then next time it's there for someone to yeah to see Okay, so they come back a couple of weeks later, same child's fallen down the stairs and looks a bit grubby again. Are we now reaching a sort of threshold where you think, oh. I think this is the time when you need to be um, referring to the health visitor. Um, maybe look back through old old attendances and see whether it was mentioned before. But I think on if you get more than one occasion, I think you should really be talking to the health visitor about what's going on. And what's, what sort of things would you would you expect of the health visitor then to do? So, for example, um, they could look through their records because they obviously will have had regular contact possibly with the family yeah. and see what, their, um, see what their findings have been. 
it could be that they use there's different tools that you can use to assess neglect rather than being judgmental and okay. saying, oh, a bit smelly, a bit dirty. Yeah. There's something called the graded care profile, which social workers and health visitors um, can use, which objectively assesses the quality of food, for okay. example, how safe the home environment is, um, how loving the parents are. So it could be something that the health visitor then undertakes or maybe it's part of an early help assessment. Okay. And then the report... So, so we raise a concern to the health visitor. Health visitor goes and goes, hmm, the house is a bit dirty, there are some issues here. Is it then they raise that to social care and, and would they? Would you expect a phone call from them to say, do you want to come to them? Is, is that where we're yeah. approaching so the strategy meeting? I think if they thought the family was struggling or they had concerns about the children, the first step would be maybe an early help assessment. They may just need... Um, further input from someone who's not social care, for example, um, sure start, um, family support workers, things like that. But if they do have concerns, imminent concerns about the child, then they could do a social care referral. And yeah, we'd be wanting to have a multi-agency meeting about what's going on with these families. Okay. And so that's sort of the, the grubby, dirty child, which I think we're all, you know, having a picture in our minds. What are the other sort of presentations potentially of neglect that we might sort of see in the emergency department? Um, so when you look, you could have a look at previous attendances, um, for example, if they're not being brought to um, outpatient appointments. Mm. So, for example, a child that presents with acute asthma and you look back and they haven't been attending their asthma clinics or diabetic patients mm. who haven't been attending. Um, so there's medical neglect. It's really important that in paediatrics we move away from the old DNA policy um, because it's widely recognised that children don't themselves decide not to come to clinic, their parents don't bring them. Mm. So it's really important to start using was not brought yeah. um, and having a clear policy in your place of work that when children aren't brought to appointments, what the escalation process is. Because we do know children with long-term medical problems that aren't brought to, to clinics can suffer. Yeah, and it, I guess it's a bit different. It's, it's for our clinics where they tend to be a one-off mm. Generally speaking, if they're not brought, and I'm, I sort of write less to the GP, write to the parents, I try and contact the parents yeah. to sort of say, I'm presuming it's all settled down. Should I be doing more? Should I be digging a bit deeper? Or are we sort of thinking about children who've got a clear, long-standing... I think it's important to, that it's a long-standing... Families have very busy lives. Yeah. They're allowed to miss the odd clinic. And often that's the case when you phone them and say, oh, I thought that was next yeah. week I'd written in the diary wrong. Oh, there was a school concert that, yeah. that came up. So I think it's a really good practice to try and contact parents to find out why they didn't come. But it would have to be repeated. Yeah. It wasn't brought before you started escalating to... Social care, for example. Okay. Thinking again in terms of sort of neglected, one of the categories, of course, is something like supervision. Um, so the child with repeated minor injuries, again, that's a slightly thorny one. When, when does lots of minor injuries become something a bit more than just a lot of minor injuries? Again, I'm presuming we're thinking we need to collect information yeah. from the health visitor, from the, you know... And, and do the health visitors sort of still do safety at home assessments or...? They will do. So, for example, if you see a child who has had an accidental ingestion and you're worried about how parents are storing medication mm. at home, then, yeah, health visitors can go and, and do that. If you've seen a child who's fallen down the stairs 
on a few occasions so mm. visitors can go in and make sure that the safety devices are in the in the home. Yeah, I, but of course that involves somebody thinking. Thinking about it, yes. And that's the key thing it, it, with with a lot of child protection work is somebody thinking. This is the fifth time you've come yes. with falling down the stairs. What's going on here? Yes. Okay. Um, and speaking to the GP, speaking to the health visitor, those sorts of Gathering things. Gathering all the information you can, yes. Okay. So that's supervision. I, I guess the other things to think about is the sort of scrawny child. The, are you being fed? Are you being fed? Child. How, how might they... How do we pick yeah. them up? And again, it's difficult because children and young babies will come in with faltering growth, which is down to a medical mm. reason. Um, taking a clear history of what parents are reporting that this child is eating. And sometimes you do need to bring children into hospital to investigate and maybe actually observe what parents are feeding. Is this baby not gaining weight because there's an underlying medical problem or are they not gaining weight because parents don't have sufficient money and are actually trying to eke out their formula powder mm. by giving half strength and that's why they're not yeah. gaining weight or are parents purposely not giving food. An interesting thing that comes up often rather regarding food is is obesity yeah. and neglect issue. Um, and again, that comes up with... I've had lots of discussions with people about that and, you know, a one-off parents are trying their hardest to give healthy food but the kids go into the shop on the way home from school. Mm. But then if you then do some education and try and put something in place for this child and they, again, persistently are... Mm. Um, gaining lots of weight and parents aren't trying to help with that so then it may come under mm. neglect and so it's the other care. side of the spectrum so it's, the other side of the spectrum. it's giving food but actually giving rubbish food yeah. or too much food, too much food. Uh, and which you know has significant health problems mm-hmm. for the future um okay so what other things should we be looking at for that might sort of signal neglect you sort of mentioned a bit about giving them appropriate love yes so is that the parents who are shouting at the kids and slapping the kids? That's and the parents who are shouting um, at their children, um, shouting at each other, so domestic mm. violence. Lots of children who are on child protection plans under the classification of neglect, they will be because it's domestic violence at home um, and the children are witnessing that. And you do hear people say, oh, well, they're always upstairs. They never know what's what's going on. But if you speak to children, they do know what's mm. what's going on. They're going to school worried about whether mum or dad is being hit while they're, mm. they're away. They're never going to be able to concentrate at school and fulfil their potential if that's going on in the background. Often we talk about, um, in um, in safeguarding, the, the toxic trio. So that would be domestic violence, substance misuse and parental mental health. Mm. Um, so if one of those is, is present, you can see how the children in that family would be neglected in various ways, but if you've got two or three of those, then these children are at high risk. Mm. And, uh, you know, I guess that's that, that highlights how important school, what, what sort of role school plays in these sorts of things, because they'll, they'll often see things mm. that, you know, because our encounters are very much as a sort of crisis potential, i.e. an injury or something like that, but on a day-to-day basis it's people like schools, school nurses, mm. teachers who'll see these things? So school-aged children, the professionals they come into contact with most are those at school. They're the ones that know the, the child best and often concerns are raised through them. by schools. Yeah. And I guess the, the other group, the other big group that we're not mentioning, of course, are paramedics. 
Yes. And, you know, they often, they're the people who actually see the house. Yes. And the, they, they can see, you know, they can see the environment and go, bloody hell, there's the there's a tip or, you know, there's, there's feces everywhere, whatever, those sorts of things. And do they, what? how can they access that? Can they, they make so, their own so referrals? So paramedics can make their own referrals yeah. to social care and often they will say that we've, they've done that. But then if we have concerns, we should always be, also be doing a social care referral just because someone else has mm. done a referral it will be different information we've got so any professional who has a concern should make a referral to social care and this, you know this fits in with everything we sort of said previously about physical abuse it's that, that yeah. jigsaw it's everybody having those little bits of information and I, I guess potentially in things like neglect actually that's even more important yeah. because it, it's often s- soft bits and I think it's always been thought of is that this is the least severe form of abuse mm. neglect but actually children do die of mm. neglect they are injured because of neglect when you look at there's lots of research that shows neglect in those first few vital months and years has profound effects on the child's development there's pictures of um, ct scans of brains mm-hmm. of a normal child and a severely neglected child and there is physical differences in the brain the brain's smaller um, in children that have suffered significant neglect in their early years and also the effects are cumulative, so it's really important to recognise it quickly so you can actually do something and try and stop mm. the neglect happening over years. Because you've also got the, res- the risk of teenagers who've suffered years and years of neglect, low self-esteem, they're going to go out taking risky taking behaviours, drugs, alcohol, put some at risk of CSE, sexual abuse later. So it's really important to recognise the neglect and try and do something about it. I think that's that's an important thing that you sort of say is that maybe it's neglect is maybe accepted mm. slightly more than say physical abuse yes. where you go gosh that's really wrong, but neglect is just as yeah. wrong and actually you know as you say with, the, with things like the, the, those scans that you know have profound physical Effect. effects that that last years forever. if not forever. Um, and of course, one of the things I mentioned there again, you know, is, is this overlay between different types of abuse. They never, hardly ever no. exist in isolation. And we, we sort of then into emotional abuse. Mm. And do neglect and emotional abuse sort of sit together pretty? They probably do. I don't think you can have one without the other. Mm. And, really? Yeah. And what sort of things might, in, if you're sort of looking at the emotional abuse side of things, what to do? Well, is, again, is that sort of looking at parenting skills it's and the emergency? At, it's part? looking at, at parenting, which again can be quite difficult for us to assess. We'd all recognise if a mum is shouting and swearing at a child in the waiting area that, that that's mm. wrong, but there may be more subtle, subtle signs. For example, you know, mum might be just sort of sitting there on a the phone, not paying attention to the children and it's, it's important to try and ask and find out what's, mm. what's going on, look at it um, in a bit more detail, maybe look back at previous attendances, speak to the health visitor about what's going on. Yeah. Um, so anything else that we should be looking out for in, in ED or does that kind of cover? That probably covers it, I think it's just keeping it at the at the back of your mind. When, it, when you look at serious case reviews where children have been killed or mm. seriously harmed when you look back about 60% have had neglect at some point right. early early on so it's really the recognising is this 
you know, is this parenting that this child is having good enough? We're not asking people to be perfect parents. Mm. Um, I don't think that exists. But you know, is the parenting of this child and the environment they're brought up in, is it good enough? Mm. And uh, I guess as a parent, how people respond to being told mm. we are... You know, we are worried about you neglecting your child. Actually, that's that must be a very careful discussion yes. to sort of say. You know, it's it's about helping, yes. I guess. And again, I think the things appear you appear to be struggling. Things appear to be hard. Is quite a nice way of mm. of going into it rather than going. We're worried you're neglecting. Mm. And I guess it's it's that, that that is then we need a review and we've put this in place and if there's a lack of engagement, if there's things haven't got better, then it's I guess that's when things that's get when you be escalated. escalating up to actually this has gone beyond a early help. Mm. It's gone to it needs a social care involvement. Because of course the, I think the general percep- the perception maybe of some of the general public might be social care come and take your kids away at the drop of a hat, and I'm sure the Daily Mail are very keen to sort of mm-hmm. dreadful social workers come. That does not happen a lot. It's to help. It's to make the environment and the life of these children better. But in terms of kids being removed from their parents, that's it's an absolute last resort, isn't it? It is very difficult. They have to be you know clearly go to court with evidence of what's what's happening. Social workers don't whip the children out of the family no. for no reason. No. I guess the, the last thing just to sort of touch on is it's actually, it's, you know, in, your, in, in our environment in the ED, if you're seeing something, then you feel comfortable, I know what to do. Mm. I've certainly seen things, you know, if I've been shopping, you think, oh, I wouldn't do that to my kid, you know, bellowing at them. Do I have a responsibility as a, as a healthcare professional to report this or where do we what do I do about that that's so tricky just as much as anyone you know, general public would be you know if you saw someone hitting a child mm. then you would be phoning 999 the shouting mm. is difficult and people don't want to get involved you know you no. wouldn't approach them going well, we're not happy about how you're speaking yeah. to your child because you know you're putting yourself in danger it's really difficult to make a referral to the police or social care because you don't know you need a name yeah of a child, so it, it is really, really difficult. I think if you think a child is at immediate risk of harm, yep. then you should be phoning nine nine nine. Okay, so I should stop bellowing at my kids in yes. Sainsbury's. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but for us, I guess as, as professionals, uh, is the take-home thing here. Look out for the key things that that you know not being brought, failing to gain weight, look grubby, look dishevelled, but just thinking. Thinking, it's the thinking. Is, is it? this neglect? And if I think it is, where do I have to escalate? Yeah. And knowing to, who and you knowing need to. So, who would you recommend? Is it named doctors? Is it designated doctors? Is it social care? Who who, who are the people um, who go to personally? I think if you've got any concerns yeah. um, initially, it would be um, the safeguarding team um, where you work. It could be the named doctor. And um, if you've got health visitor liaisons, which we do in Derby, discussing with them and they can look on the health visitor records and have a better idea of the whole thing that's happening mm. with a family as you said it's really difficult in ED we're seeing a very small snapshot of yeah. what that family life is like so we do need to get more information about potentially high stress times yes yeah but if there's something that there that doesn't sit right mm. and if you're thinking I'm not quite sure about this that's the point if you think about it you should try Escalated. If you think it escalated. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you very much, Julie. Uh, I shall go and now not shatter my kids ever <laughs> again. Okay, thank you for your time. Cheers. Thank you.